Live from MoLite Studios in the heartland of America, it's your Monday morning jolt of hot photography tips with a frothy topping of the latest product news from Godox, MoLite, and more. Welcome to the Monday Morning Cup of Mo with your host, the man who put the Mo in MoLite, Michael Mowbray. Good morning and welcome to the Monday Morning Cup of Mo. I'm your host, Michael Mowbray. Each week I pour a cup of coffee and I explore a single topic related to professional photography. Thank you very much for joining me. Here's a question. How many softboxes and other modifiers do you own? Here's a follow-up question. Can you ever have enough? Personally, I have dozens. Small softboxes, large softboxes, beauty dishes, long throw reflectors, umbrellas, grids, and snoots, and on and on and on. Of course you would expect that because I am kind of a lighting guy. But why have so many? That's what we're going to explore today. What are the differences between the various modifiers? And do you really need that many different kinds? Well, here's how I look at it. Modifiers are all part of a photographer's toolkit. Like a mechanic has different types and sizes of wrenches, different modifiers each do a specific job better than other modifiers. For example, a 20-millimeter socket won't work on a 12-millimeter bolt. A Phillips screwdriver won't fit a slot-headed screw. Walk down the tool aisle at any Home Depot and you'll see hundreds upon hundreds of tools, each designed to perform a specific task. It's a similar correlation for lighting modifiers. A beauty dish is different from a parabolic, which is different from a long throw reflector. Each is designed to create more focused light, but each performs the task differently and provides different results. And these results can be vastly different when compared to using a double diffuse softbox for the same task. For example, when used in the classic beauty position, which is butterfly lighting pattern two to three feet away, a beauty dish does a better job of accentuating the five planes of the face while increasing the specular detail of the skin. Can it be used in other ways? Sure, but this is one of the jobs it is best at doing. Could you use a softbox the same way? Sure, but it will give you different results than the beauty dish. But what about a softbox with a beauty dish style deflector plate? It's still going to be different. It's going to be different from what a true beauty dish delivers because you aren't going to get the same level of skin detail and specularity that you would get from, for example, a silver beauty dish. So now let's move on to soft boxes. They come in all shapes and sizes. Octagonal shapes called octaboxes because, well, duh, the shape, <laughs> and because of the eight sides and eight internal ribs that they have. Now, if you double the number of ribs to 16, you get a more circular shape on the front of the softbox, and that's one of the most popular shapes going right now. And that delivers rounder catch lights. Or you reduce the number of ribs to four, and you get a rectangular or a square softbox. But why would you want rectangular or square when you can have round? Well, that's a great question. There are several aspects of softbox performance that can be attributed to their shape. One is the look of the catch lights in the eye, if the softbox is being used as a main light or as a fill light. Some people prefer round catch lights. Others like rectangular as they mimic the look of window light. Neither is right or wrong. They are what they are. 
You choose what you prefer for the image that you're creating. Another attribute is how the light falls off. And in this particular discussion, the shape of the fall off of the light. A rectangular softbox will give more of a soft straight line for the fall off. A round shape will have more of a curved shape for its fall off. Which is better? It depends on the look you want. Okay, we talked about shape. Now let's talk about size. How is a 48-inch softbox better than a 24-inch softbox? First of all, it's not. They each have their place in the toolkit. But isn't bigger always better? Well, no, no, not at all. Bigger modifiers can or will deliver softer light. There's a lot of variables in there too. But the goal for the discerning professional photographer isn't always about creating the softest light. Quite honestly, always super soft light can get boring. It can kind of look blah, kind of can look bland. So maybe you want dreamy soft light for a newborn photo or a boudoir. But would it be congruent for a gritty photo of an athlete? Not really. Or for a fashion photo? Maybe yes, maybe no. Many photographers talk about soft light, but what is soft light? How do we define it? Well, I plan to tackle this topic in more detail in a future podcast because it is a complex subject. But in a general sense, soft light is defined by how quickly the light on the subject transitions from diffuse highlights to shadow. A gradual transition from diffuse highlights to shadow is defined as being soft. Conversely, a rapid transition from diffuse highlights into shadow is defined as hard light. Each has its place in the photographer's toolkit, and the well-rounded professional photographer can and will use each as part of their lighting toolkit. So how do you create the soft light I described a moment ago? Well, it's a function of the size of the light source in relation to the subject. I'm going to say that again. Soft light is a function of the size of the light source in relation to the subject. The larger the light source in relation to the subject, which is a very crucial part of the equation, the softer the light will appear to be on the subject. So what do I mean by in relation to the subject? Well, the distance the light source is from the subject is vitally important when it comes to how soft or how hard the light will be. Stand next to a 7-foot parabolic, and it will seem huge. Now move that same 7-foot parabolic 100 feet away, and it doesn't quite seem as large. The sun is the largest object in our solar system, but it's 93 million miles away. Does it deliver hard or soft light? The full sun delivers very hard light, which is defined by the sharp edge shadows created by full, unfiltered sunlight. Here's another example. Place a light in a 24-inch softbox four feet away from your subject. Take a photo. Now replace the 24-inch softbox with a 48-inch softbox. Keeping everything else the same, including the same exposure, take another photo. Which image will appear to have the softer light? the one with the 48-inch softbox because it will be larger in relation to the subject than the 24-inch softbox because they're the same distance away. The 48-inch is going to look larger, appear larger, and will provide softer light. Okay, that makes sense. Now take that same 48-inch softbox and move it twice as far away. 
So in our example, move it eight feet away. Adjust the power on your light to create the same exposure and then take another photo. Compare it to the first one you took with the 24 inch softbox that was four feet away. How much difference do you think you will see? Well, you might be surprised to see that they are very similar in the transition from highlight to shadow, which is our definition for the softness of light. This is a very crucial element to keep in mind. It's the size of the light source in relation to the subject. It's not just the size of the light source. The 48-inch softbox is obviously larger than the 24-inch softbox, but by moving it twice as far away, you reduce the benefit of the size to the point where the light softness appears to be the same, or about the same, as the light from the much smaller softbox used closer. Am I messing with your head yet? Good. <laughs> How about this one? How does the distance of the light source from your subject affect the contrast ratio between the highlight and shadow on your subject? Yeah, I'm not going to give you the answer on this one. So there's some homework for you. Take a light and a softbox along with a light meter. You have one of those, right? Set the light two feet from your subject at approximately 30 degrees from the camera. Measure the light falling on the highlight side of the face then move the meter to the shadow side of the face and measure the light falling there. You can use it in incident mode. You can use it in spot meter mode, reflective mode. I don't care as long as you're using the same thing every time. Note the readings and calculate the difference between the highlight reading and the shadow reading. Now move the softbox four feet away, take the same readings, and do the calculations. Lastly, move the softbox eight feet away and do the same readings and the same calculations again. How big of a gap do you see in the readings between the highlight and the shadow? How many stops? It may surprise you. So experiment with your modifiers. You can create many different looks with just one softbox. Bring a close to create softer light with a higher contrast ratio. Oops, <laughs> I may have given away the answer to your homework. Pull it back to create slightly harder light. Feather the light by turning it away from the subject so the center of the softbox isn't aimed directly at them. But don't try this with a beauty dish because it won't work. Light will shoot out the side and uh, you'll get some really funky light. This will work with a softbox. So you can feather it and this will direct the center hotspot or what's called the umbra away from hitting them directly, which will reduce the specularity which is another topic I'm saving for a different episode. Or if you want snappier, punchier light, aim the center of the softbox or the umbra at the face of the subject. That's going to give you a little bit snappier, a little bit more specularity. And of course, move your lights around to different positions to create different lighting patterns and different looks. Explore, experiment, and be different. Grow the tools in your lighting toolbox Using the same light every time from the same distance in the same spot is boring. And more importantly, creating different looks and different options for your clients gives you more and better things to sell. Choose the modifier with the intent to match the look that you're trying to create. And expand your toolbox and be sure to use all the tools. Here's the latest news from Godox and Molite. 
Godox just announced the R200 ring flash attachment for the 8200 and 8200 Pro. The R200 is a ring flash that will attach to your camera, allowing you to shoot directly through the center of the flash. This unique head will connect to the main body of the 8200 via cord. The R200 ring flash will have applications for portraiture, fashion photographers, macro photography, and many other applications that require the light to come from the same axis as the camera lens. The initial price is anticipated to be $279. Look for these in the Molite store sometime in June. Thank you again for joining me for a Monday morning cup of Mo. Please subscribe and follow. Give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Thanks. <laughs> I'll also be posting more information on the podcast Facebook page, so be sure to follow that as well. And join the Monday Morning Cup of Mo podcast group where you can ask questions, suggest topics, and join the rest of the community as we grow this together. Talk to you next time. Bye.